0: Hello I'm Amy Stevenson and this is The Human CEO. In each episode we'll be meeting with CEOs and senior leaders to understand their approach to leadership, the challenges they faced and how they overcame them. We'll also be asking what they feel it takes to be a great leader.
1: Innovation and high performance and high resident satisfaction comes out of internal cognitive diversity, challenge, ideas, people really feeling like they have this sense of purpose, they're all in it together, this desire to succeed and and win. It's very exciting.
0: Hello, I'm Amy Stevenson, and this is The Human CEO. In each episode, we'll be meeting with CEOs and senior leaders to understand their approach to leadership, the challenges they faced and how they overcame them. We'll also be asking what they feel it takes to be a great leader. So thank you for joining us today, Rick. It's really good to have you with us.
1: Pleasure, thanks for having me.
0: I'm looking forward to it. So can you tell us a little bit about Get Living, what the organization's hoping to achieve?
1: Yeah. uh, I mean, uh, our genesis was when um, two of our investors at the time bought the uh, Athletes Village here at the Olympic Park uh, back in the era post-Olympic and Paralympic Games. And very much about setting out to disrupt, challenge that renting model um, where you would hear a typical refrain from people who rented or buy to let investors of insecurity of tenure and uncertainty about the rent profile and fees and security deposits and poor repairs and disengaged landlords and the rest of it. And we really wanted to just uh, modernize that, disrupt it, challenge it, whatever you want to say. And really give people uh, the opportunity to have a great home in a great realm, supported by exemplary service. It's moved on a lot from that because I think, you know, that spoke a lot to the transaction of renting, if you like. And we talk a lot in our business about the why, not just the what and the how. I mean, the what is it's a one bed or a two bed apartment or whatever. the the how is well it's a three-year lease and it's a resident break clause and it's CPI reviews and no no fees and no deposits and the rest of it. But it's the why that is the big question. Why why would you come and live in a get-living home? And it's much more about us trying to empower you, our resident, to live your best life. Um how you not just have a great home in a great neighborhood, but how we provide you with that sense of ambient well-being, how we provide you a platform to put down roots, make friends, be part of a community, part of a neighborhood, um, and and enjoy all of the things that that you want out of a home uh, and a good life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a fantastic concept. I think the the building neighborhoods concept is fantastic. You're not just providing boxes for people to live in, are you? It's that whole, it's the whole model, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's much more akin to a subscription than it is a renting a home. Um, and, you know, we think a lot about this. We spend a lot of time talking to our residents, reading the reviews they give us. But in the end, you know, we also are the custodians of um, enormous sums of pension fund shareholder equity. Uh, And I often say to our people that behind the brass plaque on the fund manager's wall, we actually work for uh, tens of millions of people who just want a decent pension. And so, therefore, we have to ensure that the money we are uh, given is invested wisely, that we run a really smart operation, that through the resident proposition that we uh, deliver – we're able to deliver our shareholders, ultimately for those pensioners, a an act performing risk-adjusted return. So it's it's, it's the same proposition. Uh, it, it, it faces a number of different ways to residents, to investors. It faces to our people. Uh, it faces to any number of other people or organisations that have a stake in, in what we do.
0: Uh-huh. And so you're. I saw that Leeds has just been approved. A new development in Leeds has just been approved. Does that take you to number four?
1: Um, well, it depends how you sequence them. But yes, we've got a resolution to grant consent in Leeds for 783 new homes, which includes some uh, affordable homes. I know Leeds pretty well from a previous life, so uh, I was. I've, I've always been kind of personally invested in that in that uh, whole scheme in that city. Um, but, yes, we hope to start the enabling works on that uh, in the next month or so. We start, hope to start a, a proper start on site uh, by the fourth quarter of this year. Delivering homes for people in Leeds that, uh, you know, don't qualify for affordable housing in, in any subsidised way and choose not uh, to buy their own home. And there are, uh, on our research you know, uh, a very large cohort of people in that city that want what I hope are the sort of quality homes, the realm, the lifestyle, the subscription that we offer. So yeah, really exciting.
0: Brilliant. And so, as the leader of that type of organisation that's growing at such a phenomenal pace, what, what are your challenges? What are you up against at the moment, Rick? Um,
1: I. Uh, and there's, there's always a challenge in this sector about how you uh, deliver that shareholder return, how you become a very operationally efficient business, how you procure the future pipeline that enables your business to grow. And, and growth is important because it is one of the ways that you improve your return by virtue of your scale. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can only, you, you you know, one of the key things you have to achieve is a great team. And so yeah. the recruitment of great people uh, and building that team spirit, that culture is a key component of, of this. And we're in a sector where you can't really go and hire people who are experienced in the build to rent sector because it's too new. So we're drawing on a lot of people from hospitality, from retail, We've got people out of uh, the health sector. Um, A lot of our people have got nothing to do with the sector at all, but they just come in with a great attitude and a great aptitude. Uh, We know that we can take them on and uh, coach them, mentor them, train them to be uh, great advocates, great, uh, great operators in what we do. But I think overarching all of that, if I'm thinking about our employee value proposition, it's about a really defining the purpose. You you want people to come to work in the morning with a with a real clear sense of purpose about what the company is about and what their contribution to that purpose really is. And I like to think we've got a very strong sense of purpose. I mean, you know, housing is about as fundamental a, a need uh, for human beings as there is after food, and we're always super aware that the largest direct debit people make in a month generally comes to us um so you know that uh makes you get up in the morning and make sure that we give people a great experience every day because if they don't like it they can break the lease and, and move in two months and you know they can go on any number of review platforms and social media and tell people what they think happily our, our scores are incredibly high um, and they've gone up in the lockdown funnily, uh, funnily enough and I, I say funnily enough I think it's no surprise because um, we've worked very hard to make sure that people were safe, looked after, engaged, connected with us and all those things. So um, team building is a, is a is a key part of it. Um, it takes you a while to build a great team and a great culture and a great sense of collaboration. Mm-hmm
0: i suppose being part of that evolution of the sector adds to that that purpose adds to that attractiveness from your evp point of view
1: it, it does um and and you know when when you think about building your team um i mean there's there's, there's a lot of talk about diversity and inclusion and mm-hmm. i think if you came to our office you could not find a more diverse and inclusive uh bunch of people it's 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 we're incredibly proud of it It, it's uh it, it makes us a richer place but you want what i call that cognitive um diversity actually in your team you want perspectives from all sorts of people from every sort of background because in that way you've got this safe professional inclusive challenge to everything that we do that enables you to get a great outcome great idea, great innovation, great thought leadership. So, you know, that's a really key part of what we're about as well. And, you know, in response to the Black Lives Matter movement that uh, was obviously crystallized by that terrible event last May, um, it extended even further the internal conversation that we were having about that and, Um, I was very keen that we could try and do something positive out of all of that and we put a a group together categorically not a committee or a um, subgroup or anything like that but we we had the conversation we put people in the room for whom this was personally impactful and actually we came up with a a Get Living pledge uh, which absolutely came out of those groups and I'm incredibly proud of what they've achieved on that
0: Fantastic. When you're at the forefront, you're innovating like Get Living is in your sector. I think neurodiversity, cognitive diversity, diversity in general can only help you succeed in that that goal of innovating and being at the forefront.
1: Yeah, innovation and high performance and high resident satisfaction comes out of internal cognitive diversity, challenge, ideas people really feeling like they have this sense of purpose, they're all in it together, uh, this this desire to succeed and, and win. Um, it's very exciting. Uh, yeah, and it's absolutely. a big privilege to be part of it and, and to have the opportunity <laughs> to lead it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So thinking about your leadership journey or your journey into leadership, were those skills sort of identified by someone else very early on in your career or was it quite an organic process?
1: That you became? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been really lucky to work with a handful of really inspirational people who for whatever reason took me under their wing and really coached and mentored me uh, I don't know why they did I'm glad they did um, but I, I've had a uh, a a huge benefit from, say, a handful of people. Um, But leadership's changed massively in the 40 years that I've been doing this. You know, the the early ones were um, quite sort of command and control, top-down type operators, but with great intellects, great powers of persuasion, um, great ability to read markets. I think leadership now looks and feels very different and I have to say my own style has changed a lot in the last, um, whatever it is, 28 years that I've been a business leader in some form or another. And I think there's much more a uh, trend of what you might call humble leadership now where It's much more about empowering people. It's much more about listening, supporting. You know, someone said to me, being a chief exec is about setting the strategy, recruiting the people and supporting them to execute that strategy. It's as easy and as difficult as that.
0: Yeah, yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think these days that there is a dichotomy of leadership. I think you have to almost be in front, like you say, setting the strategy. And if your team need defending, you have to get in front of them and defend them. But I think there's a much more bottom up approach. Like you say, with the empowerment model, it's more about empowering your team to do their best. So I see that as as one of the key challenges for leaders at the moment to, to walk that line. Yeah, I, I
1: spend a lot of time walking the floor and, and talking to our team and people beyond our team. And there's there's a knack in getting people to hear what they think but by asking questions and just getting people to talk, Yeah, you can sometimes see they're hearing what they think and they almost didn't know what they knew. Um, yeah. but when they articulate it, then magic things start to happen
0: yeah absolutely i would not heard that phrase before but yeah i agree with you completely and so we've we've, we've answered this in part already but how would you define a great leader are there characteristics that are a common denominator across the board or well i guess
1: you know you require different leadership skills for different sorts of activity Um, you know what works in banking or law may not work in social enterprise may not work in manufacturing so i i think it, it's it's not appropriate sort of to try and box it and formulate it because every business, every sector needs a different type of style, and even in the same sectors, you can have different styles. You just build different teams and compositions around it, and they have different cultures. So I think it's a hard one to sort of just define in that respect. But I go back to what I said earlier. I think the style has changed. Mm-hmm. You know people are more mobile now uh they have a choice um they in my experience want a higher level of or sense of purpose about what they do they want to have an impact and therefore leadership is less about telling people just to do x and go from a to b it's more to say look this is the destination we're trying to get to um let's all work together on how we get to that destination in the optimal way that serves the motivations of the stakeholders that support us and the customers that, that provide our revenue.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So give them the what, not the how. Empower the people to figure the how out.
1: Yeah, well, it goes back to that. You, you've got to understand what's the why. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, why are we doing this? Why, why would our customers choose us? Yeah. And then the, the what and the how are probably the easier bits.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so you spoke about some of those influences earlier on in your career, but was there a piece of advice or an experience that shaped your leadership style? Gosh,
1: honestly, so many. Um, you know, when you're with great people uh, who who you know have high integrity and real commitment and real vision, you just get this infusion, this sort of subliminal education every day, don't you? When you when you're when you're with them. Um, I mean, I I honestly couldn't cite one particular thing, but um, I've always been impressed by the people who are anchored by a strong set of values, who are respectful of every point of view, um, who have a clear vision of what they want, who are very driven to perform for themselves, their team, their stakeholders, their customers. Um, And, who do it with style. Mm
0: -hmm. Fantastic. And so if someone was looking to follow in your footsteps, either they were about to set up their own enterprise and therefore be de facto leader, or if they were in a position where they were about to step up into senior leadership, what advice would you offer them?
1: (laughs) Um, I mean, above all, you have to be yourself. Um, and, And you've got to... Exhibit and practice your own Values, your own purpose um, Sure, take take Ideas and initiatives And concepts And, and things from those that you Admire, yeah. but most of all You've got to have The self-confidence The conviction in your own Vision and um, How you want to do things And make sure that you Engage people around you that have uh shared aligned ideas around all of that, but be humble enough to accept that their challenge, their wise counsel um is all of value and that together you can achieve much more than you could individually.
0: Fantastic. Absolutely. And so is there one leader, past or present, that you particularly admire? And if so, why?
1: I guess I'm impressed by the leaders that I'm surrounded by in the investors that support Get Living. Uh, And, you know, there are a handful of senior shareholder representatives that I work with.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And they're some of the best people in our sector. Um, I won't embarrass them by naming them, but they know who they are. and. It's it's just a huge privilege to work with them because I get up in the morning and go, well, I've got to bring my best game to work today um, to hold my own in their company. Yeah, okay. I think the ones that I admire most right now are the ones that I'm um, operating with.
0: Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And so what's next for Get Living? What's what's coming in the next six, 12 months?
1: Well, I hope it's a really, bright and exciting future. We, we're we of a size right now. We're trying to double, triple uh, our activities in the next five years, and we're on a good trajectory to achieve that. Um, we have to be super focused about um, not deviating from our path, but accepting that circumstances sometimes change that influence that. Um, So it's about just making Get Living better, bigger, more scalable, more efficient, um, more profitable by delivering great experiences to our residents and um, outperforming returns for our shareholders. And in the process, making sure that the 150-odd people that work here are similarly fulfilled and rewarded uh, Emotionally and financially.
0: Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, it's been really great learning about Get Living and what's on the agenda and all about your leadership career. So I appreciate your time, Rick. It's been great speaking with you. Pleasure. Well,
1: listen, thank you very much for having me.